the legend of the phoenix All ends with beginnings What keeps the planet spinning Ah, the force from the beginning When a bet that you have, that team goes up 7-3 and then blows that lead and it's already 7-7 in the fifth inning. Thank you, Cincinnati Reds. Luckily, my other game's going pretty well. Boston Red Sox up 11-12-1 against the Toronto Blue Jays through four innings. So, doing pretty good with that one. Uh, by the way, you're tuned in to the line change. Fox Sports and Gamble presented by Cure Auto Insurance. My name is John Jansen. And of course, I occasionally, and by occasionally, I mean the majority of the time, do the pre- and post-game show for the Philadelphia Union broadcast, which I absolutely bleeping love doing, except when there's a weather delay. And my partner in crime during that weather delay, who stuck out stormy weathers with me, is now joining me on the Dr. Glad Regrow Your Hairline. Dr. Paul Glad, Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. Visit drglad.com. It is Joe Tanzi. You can follow him at jtanzi90. Joe, have you still have you been able to dry up yet from the uh, rainy and windy and stormy Union game? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm inside. I was undercover the entire time, so um, I don't I don't have to worry about that. Um, Sleep wise, maybe not, but yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are rougher also, waters, uh, I guess. Yeah, metaphorically I also, speaking. I also like. Uh, I heard you mentioned some baseball. I, I felt like I was like in a daze looking at the baseball scoreboard tonight. Like, wow, what a uh, what a mess that is. <laughs> yeah, yes, that is exactly how to describe it. I love the the punctuation with the pause before the mess that you declared it to be. But yeah. Cubs red seven seven. Detroit's up six to nothing against the Rangers. The Orioles are now up four to nothing against the Rays. Oh yeah, the Red Sox up twelve to two against the Blue Jays. The Nationals up twelve to nothing against the Marlins. What is happening in Major League Baseball? Hopefully, uh, do you have any action on hopefully the good sides of all of this? Yeah, I bet Juan Soto to hit a home run. So I uh, I cashed that in the first inning. That guy's pretty good, Juan Soto. Uh, he's been very good, actually, as of late. So I, uh, I think that was a good bet. It was funny because I was texting with our, our guy, uh, Kenny, uh, who was on the, sh- the Daily Ticket earlier this afternoon, and I'm like, look, I'm not in your uh, Discord yet, but pop this in there if you want it. Juan Soto went 7 for 13 over the weekend. Uh, I'm betting anything and, and everything Juan Soto tonight against the Marlins bullpen game. And uh, what do you know? He's got two hits. I also bet that and a home run. So uh, Juan Soto made it profitable. And then uh, because of the, you know, say what you want about me, uh, but I have a little bit of <laughs> Oh, pride. I have a lot of things to say about you, Joe. I know. A lot of people do. <laughs> um, I have I have action on the Pirates-Diamondbacks game tonight. Ooh. Why? No, 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 no. Why? Come on, man. Because it's a, it's a bad pitching matchup. So? It's a bad matchup. It's bad. Everything about it is bad. There's no, there's nothing remotely good about that game. Uh, you're right. And Adam Frazier not being in the Pirates lineup makes it even you know worse because uh, he was one of the guys I was targeting for props. 
so yeah, it's uh, it's not great from the from the I guess anybody's perspective, uh, but I do like um, a little bit in that game. Um, let me pull it up to see if I can find it. Yeah, I have Josh Rojas, the leadoff hitter for Arizona. Joe, I have him Joe, over one. Joe, and a half. Joe, have, do you I hear yourself? You hear yourself right now, man. I do hear myself. You're I'm breaking down the Pirates Diamondbacks game. The Pirates are 36 and 57 with a 15 and 31 away record, which they are on the road against the Diamondbacks, who are the worst mm-hmm. team in baseball, 27 and 68 with the 16 and 30 home record. And you thought, hey, let's bet on that game. Yep, because I, I found something I like. Good for you, man. You were probably one of the few, I would guess, handicappers in all of America to actually even even think about looking for anything to bet on in that game. So that's why that's why I love you, Joe. That's a good side of you. That's a good thing I can say about you, <laughs> Joe Tanzi. Hey, you got you got to look. You got to look for. Look, it's a bad pitching matchup. It's the Young versus Smith. It, it's it should be a game with a lot of hits. Unfortunately, Adam Fraser, uh, the league leader in hits from Pittsburgh, is. Uh, not starting tonight. I was also on his props, but uh, uh, clearly it's not anymore. It's just funny that him and Starling Marte, two like the biggest trade targets, uh, were conveniently left out of their respective teams' lineups tonight. All right. uh, just uh, Ooh, so I, I'll, I'll leave. Go ahead. No, no, no. So I, I thought you were finished there, but uh, I, I don't want to hear any more about this Pirates Diamondbacks. And before we get into <laughs> what I really want to talk with you about, because you texted me in the afternoon, you're like, hey. We're going to talk college football futures, or at least you said you had some, and I wanted to listen to them. But before we do that, big win for the Union. Uh, They came away with three points. Late goal to get those three points, uh, and a good goal by Casper Shabilko. A really good performance by the Union against D.C. United, again, still missing some players because they're uh, over in the Gold Cup, performing most of them for uh, Jamaica, especially the big one in Andre Blake. That's a damn good three points, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, I mean, look, it's still – it's a good three points because it's it's a home win. Um, it wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, the way they were able to kind of power through that uh, was impressive. So, yeah, uh, nothing – you know, look, we're going to probably look back on that game in November and say, oh, that was the rain delay game. Uh, just because it's, you know, what we kind of remember these things by. But – I mean, yeah, it was a good win, uh, three points. That's really all that matters. Uh, the game on Thursday against Orlando City is the, the one that matters, though. What can we expect for that game? Just real quick, uh, that game is coming up on Thursday. You can listen to that right here on The Gambler. Uh, what are you expecting for that game? I know they're still going to be missing a few players, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's a tough matchup on the road, and again, they're missing a couple of key players. So it is, it's a challenging game for them on Thursday, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, it's a manageable game for sure. I mean, they've beaten Orlando City this iteration of it before, so it's not like it's a, kind of a, a new task for them. It's just in um, Orlando City's in some fantastic form right now, and Nani is playing his cojones off uh, in the midfield in the attacking third for Orlando City. Now, whether he keeps up that pace uh, is different. It's it's so, it's so hard to, to sustain such a uh, a rapid pace like he has in the attacking third. So it's something that 
in the overall perspective of the playoff race, uh, does a player like him, did he start too fast? Because he has in previous years, uh, and Orlando ha- hasn't been you know, better off. The good news is, if you're the union, you don't have to face Daryl D.K., uh, who is the forward that is lighting up the Gold Cups for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, he has been nothing short of fantastic in, in this calendar year. Uh, he was loaned to English Championship, which is the second division, uh, to Barnsley, a club there. Uh, he just could not stop scoring, literally. And uh, he's the target of a bunch of European uh, transfer rumors. So the Union don't have to face him, which is absolutely massive. You know, we talk about the, the Union missing Blake and, and Burke, but Man, that's a, a big thing for them to not have DK up top. You know, they're still a very good team, but it obviously weakens their attack a little bit more. Uh, so that hey, allows you probably to focus a little more on Nani uh, than you may have with Orlando City at full strength. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be a very intriguing game. Uh, two teams that are going to be fighting for playoff position. Uh, come October, and you know it, there's a reason why they they put this on national TV. It's going to be a good one. Uh, both defenses are very good too. You know, we talk about the attackers a lot, and, and rightfully so. But yeah, the, the defenses are pretty good too. And, and look, from the Union's perspective, they get Matt Freeze back from his red card suspension, and uh, Jamira Montero will be back from his yellow card suspension. So. Uh, a little bit of a, a selection conundrum for, for Jim Curtin. Yeah, and just real quick, last question on that, because I'm sure you'll talk more about that. You're going to be in studio, I think, all day tomorrow with Sean, so I'm sure you're going to talk about uh, some of this stuff with Sean. But just real quick, because Montero is coming back, uh, Daniel Gostek looked really good at the 10, but do you expect him to maybe go back to a striker role and Montero go back to the, the 10? Uh, just how do you expect kind of Curtin, with some players returning, all that, still some players out, how, you know, how do you expect the lineup to go for Thursday? Yeah, so that's the, the interesting aspect of it now. You actually have the, the five midfielders for four spots problem, and the solution isn't just, well, let's put Daniel Gazag in the second striker role because Sergio Santos has two goals and, and an assist in the last two games. Since so, you tweeted out that he hasn't been doing anything. By the since way. I tweeted out that he hasn't done put anything. That, I wanted to put that yeah. caveat in there. <laughs> no, we, we like to give myself credit you know, whenever possible. Yes, you were the catalyst for this great Santos run. <laughs> I wish I wish that was the actual case. <laughs> yeah, that's, look, that's something that uh, Jim Curtin's going to have to figure out. The good news is he's got a game on Sunday against Inter Miami. So if the, whoever the player is that gets rotated out, probably gets rotated right back into the squad uh, come Sunday for Miami. So it's a it's a good problem to have, uh, and this team is only going to continue to have good problems when it comes to selection. Yeah, definitely some good problems. Uh, is there going to be do we have a goalkeeper controversy for Thursday? Nope. Matt Freeze okay. should get the starting game. Okay, I was just making sure. Bendick looked pretty good. Just saying. Yeah, he did exactly what he was supposed to. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, it's good, though, because I think Freeze and both Bendick, both in their two games, uh, one respectively each, uh, have both flashed some pretty good play, and that's a good thing to see uh, behind Andre Blake while he is at the Gold Cup doing spectacular and amazing things for Team Jamaica. All right, Joe Tanzi joining us on the Dr. Glad Recurry Hairline. Follow him at JTanzi90. Of course you follow him, and you get a lot of union coverage from Joe all throughout the MLS season and right here on The Gambler. 
But Joe also likes to dabble a time or two or a lot during the fall into college football betting. Uh, Joe, that's is that one of your favorite sports to bet on? It's it's probably baseball, and uh, I'm not as good at college football, but I love betting on college football. Uh, is that one of your favorite sports to handicap? Uh, yeah, college sports just in general. Uh, I'm a college sports junkie, so uh, I haven't really started to get too deep, but there were some... Uh, some futures on the initial board uh, that I that I could not pass up today. All right, so you you said you have some futures. Where are we starting on the futures board? The Pac-12. Nice. Oh, going with the the Pac-12, the black sheep of the Power Five. I like this. The, the Pac-12 is one of my favorite conferences to watch because it's on late. It kind of gets that spotlight. Uh, I'm just a, I'm a huge Pac-12 just in general uh, aficionado. So anytime I get to watch uh, it alone at about what 11 11 p.m. once the actual I can't uh, wait to be tweeting at you late at night uh, for Pac-12 after dark. I cannot wait for those days, Joe Tanzi. There are there, and look, we didn't get much of it last year because no. they had they had a short, they had a shorter schedule. So that's something also to keep an eye on too. Is we get a full Pac-12 after dark slate this year, and that's—it's <laughs> little things like that that we kind of took um, for granted before the pandemic started. But now, like like midweek action in October, like that's perfect. Oh, it's beautiful! <laughs> it is a beautiful thing. Pac-12 after dark. Uh, the action was good last year because I made a lot of money off of it. So, um, but I'm going to a place in the Pac-12 that maybe. Some people might not be willing to go, especially ones in this neck of the woods because of a certain head coach. And that's the UCLA Bruins. I'm in on UCLA over seven wins. Keep talking, Joe. I know you're doing this nice and slow, and I love it because I am 100% with you on this. Keep going. Keep going. Chip Kelly had that team, the, the record may not show it, but they were in every game they played. Dorian Thompson Robinson, I feel like he's one of those guys that has literally been in college forever. Um, you have a, 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 a two-way quarterback leading the way, also an experienced quarterback. I'm not sold on Arizona State as much as a lot of people are. Uh, you know, There's some stuff going on. Uh, around the program, they, look, they have athletes for sure. Uh, Jalen Daniels is going to be the guy that everybody's going to kind of pick as that sleeper Heisman uh, kind of guy. Um, sure, but I don't know if Arizona State can can get the job done. Uh, USC is USC. What version are we actually going to get of USC? Who knows? But John Jansen, let me give you a little run here for UCLA. Please do. Week one. Week one, home versus Hawaii. Why? You usually don't bet them away from the island. Not too great on the mainland. Home week two versus LSU at the Rose Bowl on national TV. You think they're going to be motivated for that one? I sure do. Week three, or week four, they would buy week three. Fresno State at home. That's three straight home games right off the bat. You're in you know, pretty decent shape. You go two and one, bang. Stanford, nah, you know, they haven't been great lately. Uh, I don't put too much stock in them. 
So there you go. There's another win. You get them on the road. They get Arizona State, Oregon, both at home in October. I think those are huge matchups for them because, you know, presumably they will be the top two teams in the Pac-12. Obviously things can break certain ways, but, uh, you know, you get them at home, you're able to pull off an upset, it's very possible. Colorado, I think, is going to be down. Cal is going to be down, uh, or at least at UCLA's level. So there's one, two, you know, probably five home wins, and then you, you steal one, maybe two on the road. I mean, if you win, if they win all their home games, which is a very, very favorable schedule for them, I mean, heck, they start, they could conceivably start 4 0. And then all they need is three wins from a Pac 12 that is, uh, Oregon's clearly the top team, but after that, what is the, the depth there? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. So UCLA over seven wins uh, is the first one I have absolutely locked into. I like that one. Uh, this is Chip Kelly's by far his best team since he's taken over at UCLA. They have a lot of returning starters, 10 on offense, 10 on defense, and they have the coveted returning quarterback, and they have most of their returning great players except for uh, Demetrius Felton, who is yep. not on the squad. Uh, he has moved on, so now... They have to get a new running back. Still plenty returning in terms of wide receivers. And, of course, the quarterback position in Dorian Thompson-Robinson. So the talent is there, for sure. And Chip Kelly has honestly done a decent job recruiting at UCLA. But I guess the the question is now, where I think what everybody is questioning about UCLA is, has this Chip Kelly offense kind of run its course? And your answer to that would be? Um... Probably not. I still think there's some innovation to be done. I mean, look, this is a guy who brought that, that type of offense to Oregon and succeeded, and it's not like he's just going to keep things the same. It's not just going to be stale. Uh, I think we have to kind of remember that, too. Is, you know, This is a guy that you know, he caused an evolution offensively. Uh, I think he can kind of evolve in his own way as well. So I, I think it's just a – look, I think it's a, just a very intriguing spot for them. Um, the one thing I will notice, is if you look around, if you really believe in in the schedule, especially if, you know if they can take Arizona State at home and go into the USC game at the end of November, or sorry, November twentieth, with one maybe two losses in conference play, the Pac-12 South isn't out of question for them. I'm not going to sit here and tell you to take it. But I will say there's a gigantic gap at different books. I've seen it as low as plus 600. I've seen it as high as plus 1,200 for UCLA to win the Pac-12 South. That's a huge variety, probably one of the biggest you'll see from a mid-level college football team. Uh, It's very intriguing to me. If you can find it at that high value, it might be worth a sprinkle just because of who they play at home. Again, I'm not going to officially give it out. I like the win total over seven, but uh, there are some very enticing numbers around UCLA to win the division if you can find them. 
Yeah, and right now there are no Pac-12 South odds up yet, only Pac-12 North odds, and that's also interesting. Oregon at plus 110, Washington plus 110. Uh, then you have a big gap between Stanford at plus 750, Washington State at plus 900. And you know what? I will look at the North real quick, or I guess we could stick with the South. I mean, who would uh, USC would obviously be the one team that everybody's looking at because Keaton Slovis has returned. Uh, Graham Harrell, who is the offensive coordinator, has put together a very good offense for Clay Helton. Uh, so USC, they're in a pretty good spot. But do you expect, like, is there anybody like Arizona State has Jaden Daniels who could, if everything goes well, work its way into possibly being a first-round quarterback in the NFL draft? That's his how great his talent is. Just need to put the production together for him. Now, there, there are some pretty good teams. Now, it's not as stacked or I think as top-heavy as the North Division, which I do want to ask you about real quick, but uh, the South Division, it, it does seem a little wide open because while USC is good, they certainly seem vulnerable. Yeah, and you still kind of have that, that trust issue with them because of what they've done in the past under Clay Helton. You know, is he the guy? You know, it, it, there's so many questions. He's been the there really is. There, yes. <laughs> Another year, another Clay Selton, Clay Helton on the hot seat uh, type of. Yeah, articles. look, you yeah. know he has the talent, so that that's that's a no brainer. The talent is always going to be there in in Southern California. It's the the execution, and look, they return a guy in in Keaton Slovis, who, you know, again at his absolute peak, could be a a dark horse Heisman contender. I mean, you, you can say that about uh, kind of anybody in the Pac-12, just because of the quality up and down the conference. But, yeah, it's going to be an, an interesting kind of watch throughout that conference to see who does what. Um, I think Oregon's probably the clear favorite, uh, especially in the north. Washington is kind of an unknown. Uh, Jimmy Lake took over for Chris Peterson last year, and and what exactly uh, that team looks like in a full season, we're not sure yet. So I think that that's where the, the questions come in there. And then, uh, I mean, the, the rest of the division is kind of okay at best, but it's, it's definitely Oregon to lose. So I, I think um, if there's going to be a national title contender out of Pac-12, it's going to be the Ducks. Yeah, I think so as well. Washington loaded with talent, uh, and they do have a returning quarterback who didn't give them much production in Dylan Morris. Uh, but yeah, Jimmy Lake in his second year, tons of talent, just sort of that question mark of if Lake is able to take them over the hump. And it seems like uh, Mario Cristobal is kind of ready now for the Ducks to maybe get into a college football playoff. Do you think this is the year that they do it and get the Pac-12 in there? I wouldn't be that bold yet. Um Look, if they, if they are either A, competitive with Ohio State week two, or B, beat them, then we're talking about a completely different story. It really comes because down to that, doesn't it? it just does. because they need yeah. that out-of-conference, out not just win, but out-of-conference showing of, hey, we can compete with a team yep. like Ohio State, yeah. And they, have, they, they have the talent. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But uh, can they actually do it? That's the, the question you have to ask. Joe Tanzi joining us right now on the Dr. Glyvery Gurry hairline. You can follow him at JTanzi90. We're talking some college football futures. All right, so that's one of them. Uh, what is another future that you have for us? I liked it, uh, the UCLA future, but what is the next one that you got for us? So the next one is a, a lot deeper of a long shot. But I like this. But something that is absolutely conceivable because of the player his position, and the status of his team. Brees Hall, running back, Iowa State, plus 4,000 to win the Heisman Trophy. 
Whoa! Okay. I like pre-saw, but that's that's quite a quite a bet there. Quite a bet, but look look at the the college football landscape. Okay, how many of these quarterbacks at these big schools are clear-cut Heisman favorites right now? It's Spencer Rattler, and that's it. Because nobody has a, a sample size of Bryce Young or of, uh, of C.J. Stroud at Ohio State or of D.J. Uyunglele for a full season. You, you know what he can do for like a game or two, but there's a lot of unknowns of these big programs with the quarterback position this year. What we do know is Iowa State is most likely going to be Oklahoma's top competitor for the Big 12, and we've seen them beat Oklahoma before. Uh, so – that's not going to be an issue in terms of competitiveness. Brees Hall, uh, for my money, is probably the top returning running back. He's a top running back think, in the country, I'd say. Yeah, I think you can probably make a case maybe midseason for uh, Bajan Robinson from Texas because he came on late and then played really well. But, I mean, Iowa State's going to be a top-10 team. They're going to be competitive in every game in the Big 12. They can absolutely beat Oklahoma. Who's saying that in November they can't be on the brink of a a top five spot in the college football playoff rankings? And, look, I know how difficult it is for non-quarterbacks to win a Heisman, but you know if Resol stays healthy, he's a 2,000-yard back. They're going to use him a lot and there's going to be a lot of reliance on him and, and Brock Purdy at quarterback. I look at that and say, in terms of guys that realistically could win the Heisman that, that deep, I mean, you're not taking anybody past four, plus 4,000. I mean, look, if, if Ohio State's good, Master Teague is not winning no. the Heisman. It's, it's going to be his quarterback. Uh, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati is a very good player, but... no. He's not, he's not, I, American I, Rising, Power Six, I love it. No. No. Um, Mackenzie Milton, great story. Florida State's not going to be good enough. No. And then you know, Spencer Sanders and Dylan Gabriel are going to put up a ton of yards, but they're not going to be in the spots that you need them to be uh, to bet them a plus 6,000. I mean, some of these guys at the bottom here, I mean, are good players, but we have to consider what the actual – um, take is going to be here on their usage rate, where their team is going to be. Are they going to be in the mix for the college football playoff? Uh, Iowa State fits all those credentials to me. Uh, I think that's probably the best value you're going to get on the board for the Heisman. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but uh, if you get him at plus 4,000 now and his odds continue to drop throughout the season, uh, you have a nice cash-out opportunity as well. Uh, that's something I will... Absolutely keep in mind with, with that pick as, as well. Um, the only other one I can absolutely give you on the board that's not Spencer Rattler is Sam Howell at plus 1,400. Because you know North Carolina's going to be good. You know they're going to challenge Clemson. Sam Howell is a most likely a top-five draft pick next year. He's got all the intangibles to be a, a successful power five quarterback. He has been one. The only question you have there is 
who replaces Michael Carter and Javante Williams because they were fantastic at running back for North Carolina. How big is the drop-off going to be from the running back situation, both of whom were drafted? So that's my only concern with Sam Howell. But uh, in terms of a deep Heisman prospect with actual chances to be near the top of the game in November, come December, uh, Brees Hall is that guy. Yeah, Brees Hall should be very good, but does that also mean, you think, because I would imagine the Iowa State Cyclones would have to have a great season, do you think they potentially end up winning the Big 12? They could absolutely do that. Um, If we're being honest with each other, uh, they could absolutely win the Big 12. Um, Might take a, you know, I don't know what they... A ball to bounce the right way for them kind of thing. Yeah, but I, I don't even know if you could say that about them because they're actually that good, and we've seen them be that good. Well, I was saying, I know Oklahoma's that good, too, though. That, 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 that is obviously their, their toughest yeah. competition, but those these are two like very skilled and very deep teams. It, it's, it's really interesting how these two teams, how it's going to play out. Yeah, so I think that's just going to be... Uh, it's going to be a fantastic battle all season between them. But yeah, when I look at... Uh, I keep going... Uh, who is actually going to be competitive enough to be considered in the spot? And Brees Hall is a running back that will, if Iowa State is good, if Iowa State is where they're supposed to be in the top 10 all season long, he's going to have close to, if not more than 2,000 yards, around 20 touchdowns. They rely on him a lot. They have in past years. It just feels like the best place for me on the board without saying, hey, go bet Spencer Rattler because he's the favorite and he's kind of the incumbent quarterback of the, the playoff teams. Yeah, for sure. We're talking with uh, Joe Tanzi at JTanzi90 going through some college football futures. Uh, any other ones for us or is that it? No, that's it for now. Uh, UCLA, win total, and, and Brees Hall has one of the, the two I've settled on so far. Um, I'm not a huge futures guys, so I, I kind of limit what I have in, in college football, uh, but if there's one or two that absolutely stand out to me, uh, I will definitely bet it, but absolutely, again, we're still in mid-July. Um, there's some uncertainty with certain teams. Uh, some numbers for the powerhouses might be too high um, just because of what the standard has been set for them, so it's a it's kind of a delicate balance because one loss that you don't expect can just absolutely wreck a future that you have. You have to kind of be careful to navigate positional battles, you know, what the schedule actually looks like, um, how strong they are outside of quarterback. There's a lot of stuff I go into, uh, but I feel confident enough that UCLA can at least push on the future that I have, and I think they can get more because of who they play at home this year. So I'll ask you this before you go, just last question, because I know you're like me and like to thumb through the Phil Steele College Football Preview Magazine. What team are you most interested in kind of learning more about? The U. I think they're the most fascinating team. I completely agree with that. In college football this year. Um, D.R. King is a fantastic quarterback. If his leg is back to 100%, that team at the bare minimum is going to be exciting. And college football is better when Miami's good. Plain and simple. You saw it the last few years. When Miami is good, the swagger is there. 
the talent is there. Some of the results are actually there because they, they, there's been some results where they've been kind of caught out and, and still realize they're in that second tier of the ACC. But at, at the bare minimum, Miami is going to be a fun team to watch as long as Derek King is healthy. And I'm not saying they're going to win anything, but, man, they're, they're going to be so exciting to watch. And, and, and if they can put it all together, it would be fascinating to see what they could do uh, in, in a possible you know, matchup with Clemson or with North Carolina. Uh, that in, intrigues me a lot. Uh, you know, there's a lot of other talented teams out there, but Miami, just because of, of who they are and what they have, uh, intrigues me so much. They certainly do, uh, and especially when you just look at the you know, top one, and that's the quarterback, Derek King. It's going to be a lot of fun yep. to watch Miami and what Manny Diaz has in store for the Hurricanes this season. Joe, it's good talking college football with you, man, and I, I as, as we continue to talk college football, I more and more uh, daydream about sitting down on a Saturday with about four or five monitors in front of me and in indulging on as much college football action. I can't wait for college football Saturdays, man, and I know you can't either. Uh, can't wait to preview the season more with you coming up and also talk some union with you. I know we'll hear you uh, tomorrow from 3 to 6, right? Absolutely. We're bringing back Tandy Tuesday. Yeah! And I, I might just bet the house again on Juan Soto because he just hit another home run. Did he really? Good Eighteen to nothing, John Daniels. He could work his way into the MVP discussion, couldn't he? He might, with just four games, he might be. Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been absolutely absurd these four games. So yeah, I'm sure that will be one of the many things me and Sean Brace talk about tomorrow. Oh, I'm sure, and you can listen to that tomorrow, yeah. three to six on the Daily Ticket, and you can also follow Joe at JTancy90. Joe, always good talking to you, man. Awesome, man. Have a good night.